0: Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio, it's Jerry Scarlato and I am the founder and fitness coach at Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. Last time we started a conversation on identity. We talked about how, how identity is what stands between you and the change that you're trying to make, the person that you're trying to become. We talked about the three arguments or the three main arguments. There are many arguments that we have with ourselves when we're trying to make change. But the three main ones, I'm not motivated, I don't have the time, and I don't have the money, and how those are really just ways for our identity to protect itself from change. We also talked about how we believe change is linear, how we get from point A to point B, and how we think that it's a straight line, but really it's like a roller coaster, and the roller coaster starts at the top and dips down, and at the bottom of that roller coaster is the trough of despair, and it is in that moment Where we decide to either move forward and support the change that we're trying to make, become the stronger person that we're trying to become, or we step back and let our current identity take hold and dig deeper into the person that we currently are. doesn't make us a bad person by any stretch, but when we're trying to become something different or someone different, which is what happens when you're trying to change... You're trying to become someone different our current identity stops us in our tracks at times and says who do you think that you are and it is at the bottom of that roller coaster that that happens so with that today we're going to talk about confronting ourselves confronting our current identities and where it comes from how does our how do our identities form in the first place now of course there's a lot that goes on to in this, depending on how old you are, however long you've been on this earth. You've had a lot of opportunity to develop your identity. So this is just a very small view of how your identity forms. But hopefully we can cover enough that we can understand what's happening. So to understand that, let's talk about again what identity is. It is who you believe you are and what you believe you're capable of achieving. And if we take those two pieces, which is, again, it's narrow, I understand that, but it is the basic definition that we can use. If we take those two pieces and we break them apart, then we can look at where did who we believe we are come from and where did what do we believe we can achieve come from. So starting with who we believe we are. Back in the 1960s, A psychologist named James Marsha came up with the identity development theory. So this is a new thing that I I ran into when I was doing some research with this. It's not a new theory. Obviously, it's from the 1960s. Many psychologists understand this much better than I do. So the overview that we're going to go over is exactly that, an overview. But I think it's going to give us a good understanding of how we got to where we are, how we got to what we believe our current identity is if we even understand what that is or if we think about it um so in Marsha's Marsha's identity development theory there are four areas of identity which are based around two attributes okay attribute number one is exploration it is how much you explore your identity or you have explored your identity Attribute number two is commitment. Sorry, I forgot for a second. Attribute number one, exploration. Attribute number two is commitment. How committed are you to the identity that you currently have? And based on your high or low level of those, you fit into one of four areas of identity. Number one is what's called, what Marsha called diffusion. That is low exploration, in other words, you haven't explored many identities and low commitment. In other words, you're not very committed to any identity. This is a drifter. If you know what a drifter is, if you can visualize a drifter, it's a drifter is someone who's just eh, just out doing whatever and they don't really know where they're going and they're not really trying to do anything with themselves or their lives and eh, they're just kind of like letting life happen to them and just kind of like going with things and 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 that's what's going on that's what's called diffusion number two is moratorium these are very exciting words by the way more moratorium moratorium is high exploration and low commitment in other words you're exploring a, a lot of different identities a lot of different avenues but you don't have much commitment to any of them this is somebody who Uh, is always constantly, they're constantly trying new things. Maybe you know someone who, every other time you see them, they're maybe, they have on a different style outfit, and you're like, "Eh, what's with that outfit? And I'm just trying to go along with them. (laughs) I don't talk about fashion that often, so it's probably kind of weird. John is laughing at me with it coming out of my mouth. At any rate, um, you're like, I don't know, you know, this they're like, oh, I'm just trying something new and so on and so forth. Um, or maybe someone's on a new diet every time you talk to them and you're like, what's up with that? Well, I'm just trying this new thing. Um, that's someone who is in moratorium. In other words, they are trying a lot of things, but they have no commitment to an identity. They're just they're just trying a bunch of different stuff. Uh, number three is foreclosure. Foreclosure. This is low exploration. In other words, you have explored... Not many identities. And high commitment. You're very committed to the identity that you have. Uh, this is the kind of person who has usually been told from somebody else or something else that this is what you should do. Uh, so think about the child who gets into medical school because their parent is a doctor. or think about the the child who gets into a business because, Uh, because it is a family business and they think that they need to. In other words, you go into a thing or you become a thing because you your family has done it or you're told that this is the path that you need to take. And while it's not necessarily something you're excited about or you've explored or that you want to go after, you believe that it is what you need to commit yourself to becoming. That is foreclosure. In other words, you have foreclosed on your identity. And then last is achievement, high exploration, high commitment. You've explored a lot of options and you are committed to the option that you have chosen. You have tried a couple of different avenues. You've become a couple of different things myself. I'll give you myself as an example. Um, I don't know that I'm in this area necessarily, but I believe that I'm close to it potentially. Uh, So when I was in like sixth grade, I was a skater. And I had long hair longer than what it is now, even though I'm nice and shaggy today and I wore baggy clothes and so on and so forth. When I was in seventh and eighth grade and probably partly in ninth grade, I went through a little bit of a we'll call it a gangster phase where I was wearing gold change, which is ironic because I have one on and I wear this every day of my life. Um, But nonetheless, I went through a a little bit of a quote unquote gangster phase, if you will. And then I got out of that. And then like my sophomore year, I started wearing preppy clothes. So (laughs) that is not me today. I have made some changes since then. Um, But I went through a few iterations in the beginning to try and figure out where I fit. And I'm pretty confident about where I am today. It's not to say tomorrow I won't show up with my Um, with my vans on and with my skater shoes or my skater clothes on again so who's to say Uh, nonetheless a person who is in high achievement is able to articulate their identity well and they can say here's my purpose here's why I believe what I believe here's why I'm pursuing what I'm pursuing so uh, when you look at those areas you can look at you can think about where you are in that in one of those areas are you have you explored a number of options and are you committed to who you believe that you are there are three main things that influence this process when you're trying to figure out who you are and when you're trying to figure out your identity there are lots of things that influence it of course but there are three main ones that we'll talk about today Um, your environment is one And that is a broader environment and a narrower environment. So broader meaning like what state you're literally in, what town you're in within the state is going to greatly influence your identity. Because if you're, say, from Louisiana like I am, you're going to, I don't know, be more likely to enjoy different foods, pursue different things than someone who's growing up in Montana in the woods, who's going to want to be... Out chopping wood and this that and the other thing I don't know, maybe I'm making that up but nonetheless you're going to based on where you are in the country or in the world your identity is going to be shifted your family your direct environment your literally your household is going to affect that as well if the people in your household um, and the environment around you is a certain way if you grow up in a household that has Is it entrepreneurial and your parents are entrepreneurs, then it's more likely that you're going to become an entrepreneur. If your parents, again, are uh, either teachers or maybe they're in medicine or something to that effect, then it's more likely that you're going to become that. So uh, that affects it. Your relationships highly affect your identity, your relationships as you grow up, your current relationships uh, do as well. It was Jim Rohn, I think, who said you are the average of the five people that you hang around with most. In other words, if you hang around a bunch of people who have habits that cause you to become unhealthy, it's more likely that you're going to have those habits as well. So that is affecting your identity. Uh, And then last but not least is society and culture as a whole. So. We tend to pigeonhole demographics and people into what we believe they are and what we believe they fulfill. For instance, um, people over the age of say sixty five, people in retirement, we deem as old, and because we deem them as old, and and maybe you know we I don't this is a harsh way to say this, and I don't mean it this way, but it's gonna come out this way. Maybe not useful. Uh, we put them in homes. We isolate them we put them in a home and that's where you can stay and that person is going to believe that they are not useful because we have made them as such because we have put them in a place that made them believe that that's the way that they should be we treat teenagers a certain way because this is the way we believe teenagers are and so on and so forth down the line so all of that affects your identity as you develop and as you are today So with that, that is how we develop who we believe we are. We develop our identity through high exploration or low exploration and by becoming committed to an identity. And then we have all of those factors that influence that. When it comes to what we believe we're capable of achieving... All of those things have an impact as well, but there are a couple other specific areas that are worth covering. So what we believe we're capable of achieving, one of the biggest things that influences that is your competence level in the thing that you're trying to achieve in, if you will. So there are four basic levels of confidence. Number one, unconscious incompetence. So you don't know what you don't know. You're unconscious about it, and you are incompetent about it. In other words, your knowledge level is not high. Next, when you start a thing, you become consciously incompetent. In other words, you now know that you don't know what you don't know. You now know that you know nothing about how to eat. You now know that you know little about how to exercise correctly. If you keep going, then you become consciously competent. You start to understand things. You start to put things together. You start to see how things work. You start to see how change happens. And you start to be able to comprehend things better. Knowledge is is power, but actionable knowledge is even more important. So if you take the knowledge that you're building and put it into action, that's what creates that change. And then finally, you become unconsciously competent. Competent. If you work hard enough, in other words, things just become second nature to you, it becomes easy for you to eat well, it becomes easier for you to exercise, it becomes easy for you to sleep better. And your level of confidence based on where you are in that level of confidence will either help you move forward or not. And if you're the kind of person who's comfortable pushing forward through that discomfort of competence and incompetence, um, then you... Can becomes you can more likely make the change happen. Um, another thing that influences your uh, what you believe you can achieve is your personal track record. Your personal track record. So when we look back on the things that we have achieved ourselves in whatever area we're trying to change, whether or not we achieve it this time will partly be based on if we've achieved something last time there are so many people who have started an exercise program and say january 1 which the day we're recording this is december 30th so january 1 is a couple days away on january 1 lots of people will be starting their new year's resolutions i forgot that word for a second (laughs) And with that, lots of people are going to start exercising or new, new diets or whatever. By mid-February, 90% of them will have quit. And that cycle happens over and over and over again. And when you look at that cycle and you think about your own change, you go, I don't, I'm going to do this again. Yeah, I'm going to do it again. But in the back of your mind, you're like, I don't really know that I'm going to do it again because I've already quote unquote, failed however many times. So your personal track record means a lot. And then lastly, what other people like you have also accomplished. So when we go to make a change, we look around us and we go, well, what are people like me? How are they able to achieve in this area? How are they able to accomplish in this area? Going back to the example of quote unquote, old people, retired people over the age of 65, we tend to believe that people who are older are, decrepit they can't move well they're weak they're frail this that and the other thing and because of that that reinforces what they become and if you look around and you're seven years old and everyone else who's seven years old around you is also like that it's more likely that you're going to continue to be like that so that's partly why it's important to find people like we talked about being around the, the average of being the five people that are around you to find people who are the thing that you're trying to become. So uh, those are the three three of the ways that your achievement level or what you believe you're capable of achieving are influenced or is influenced. Okay, your competence, your personal track record, and the people Uh, people like you and what people like you have also achieved so that was a mouthful so far so not so far this is we're nearing the end let me rewind and go through a quick summary of this before we wrap this up we talked about how our identity forms and we looked at it through the lens of who we believe we are and what we believe we're capable of achieving. Who we believe we are is formed by how much we explore different identities and how committed we are to our current identity. That is influenced by many factors, of course, but our environment, our relationships, and culture and society in general, are huge, gigantic influences on that uh, progress. When it comes to what we believe we're capable of achieving, our competence level, our personal track record, and what other people like us have also achieved have a big influence on what we believe we're capable of achieving. And if you take time to think about those different ideas and those different concepts then you can start to understand where you are and you can start to understand how you got to where you are today and then and this is the most important part of this not the most important but very important part of this you can start to empower yourself to make the changes that you want to make to start to move forward like you are telling yourself that you want to do because it is very true that you want to become this person, it is very true that you want to move better and feel better and exercise and eat better and sleep better and all that. And yet, if you can understand that you've developed into the person that you are and you can develop into the person that you want to be, then it is going to become more likely that you will feel comfortable being uncomfortable when you're confronted with your identity. And when your identity says no i don't think you're capable of this you can say yes i am capable of this i can push forward i can move into growth i'm not going to step back into safety and i will become the type of person that i'm trying to become here are a couple questions for you to think about before our next episode um have i explored and committed to my authentic identity If no, then how can I go about doing so? If you don't think that you've explored enough, doesn't matter what age you are, you can start to explore again and you can become more committed to the person that you want to become or that you're trying to become. How am I letting my environment, society, culture, personal relationships impact my beliefs about myself? I don't think most of us think about this question often enough, many of us may not think about it at all, But how are the things around me influencing my beliefs? Doesn't mean you have to push back on all of them. I tend to do that to my own demise sometimes. But it is worth being aware of how other people, things, environments affect you. And how they affect what you believe, who you believe you are and what you believe you're capable of achieving. Finally, what does my personal track record say about my future success? And this is a little premeditation. For the next episode which is going to be a fantastic one and having recorded it already um, i think we're going to learn a lot from our guest our guest our first guest on good wolf radio super excited about it so make sure again that you like subscribe share do all of those great things if you got value out of this make sure you let your friends know And until next time, my friends, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.